Hello, and welcome to more as Afraid of the Dark, but not really the podcast. The podcast where we talk about all things Are You Afraid of the Dark? Tonight's episode is Season 2, Episode 5, The Tale of the Dream Machine. So whip out your keyboards and get ready to type, and let's see if we can make some dreams come true. Hello listeners, tonight we're discussing Season 2, Episode 5, The Tale of the Dream Machine. The Tale of the Dream Machine is brought to us by none other than Kiki. And thinking back now on this episode, I think it's quite interesting because it's a story about some kids who get an English class assignment to write short stories. And the Midnight Society, or a group of teenagers, who also somewhat write short stories. What would happen if one of them got a hold of this magical typewriter that would bring their short stories to life? Well, we'll never know, because this is a made-up story by Kiki. As a reminder, one of the best ways to keep up with this podcast is to actually read along with the blog, because as I've mentioned before, these podcasts are literally me reading the blog out loud, and then inserting other random stuff into it as I see fit. The night begins with the gang, minus Kiki, sitting around the campfire. Betty Ann is sitting near Gary, and she looks like she wants to say something to him, but instead, she gets up and paces around the fire. Frank is just standing up, and then Kiki arrives. Kristen says, Where were you? Kind of mean, considering Kristen has a reputation of being late for their meetings. Not to mention Kristen was late, not even, like, what, four episodes ago for the tale of the final wish. When was the last time Kiki was ever late? I can't think of one. Kiki says, writing out my story. Betty Ann is concerned about Kiki, and she asks if Kiki is sick. Kiki replies with laryngitis. Frank quickly says, yo, I don't want your germs. Frank is a hypochondriac, but that is okay. I would still date him if given the chance. Kiki then sits down and Kristen notices she brought something. Kiki tells her it's a typewriter. Kiki tells them she found it in the attic and Frank quickly replies, you should have left it in the attic. Kiki says, hey, it works. I typed my story on it. Betty Ann says, what for? I would have thought this was obvious that Kiki typed it out on the typewriter so somebody could read it for her so she didn't lose her moment to be storyteller, but maybe they just never came across this situation as the Midnight Society before, which is kind of hilarious since they meet at night in the woods, which is cold typically. I mean, we aren't told that it's actually a soundstage in Montreal, but I digress. But Kiki replies to Betty Ann and she says, because my throat is killing me and I don't want to tell it. Too bad voice for text wasn't a thing back then. Kiki would have benefited from it. Kiki grabs her story and hands it to Gary and says, can you read it out loud for me? Gary is reluctant and says, uh, I'm not sure. We've never done that before. Frank says, go on, Gare. Be crazy. Throw away the rules. David smiles at this because it's a funny statement. Gary never breaks the rules. In fact, Gary is the rules. I think it is mean that Gary was going to force Kiki, who is sick and still wants her tail to be told to speak. She needs to rest her instrument. Kiki tells Gary, 
Start from the top. Geary, who seems a little annoyed with wide eyes, replies, Yeah, I figured that. They all smile as they can tell this is making Gary slightly uneasy. Gary continues, Writing a story on paper is very different from telling it out loud. When a story is on paper, you can feel it. You can see it. Kiki gazes at her friends to see their expressions. And others can read it as well. But beware, for once a story is written, it no longer belongs to the author. But it has a life of its own. And for some stories, that can be very dangerous. And even life-threatening indeed. Gary looks over at Kiki. And Kiki grabs a handful of midnight dust, aka non-dairy creamer, and throws it into the fire. And she submits her story as the tale of the dream machine. We are taken into a classroom for what I assume is an English class. The teacher, Mrs. Dobbs, is a portly woman who loves eating donuts. This might not seem like a really big trait of a character, but this whole donut thing will carry out through the entire episode. And I'm pretty sure this episode or this tale takes place over multiple days. So keep that in mind. The opening shot is of her chowing down on one in front of a sleeping student's face. We are then introduced to our main characters, Sean Hackett and his love interest, Jennifer Johnson, and Billy, his friend. Sean has two passions in life, writing and stalking, or I mean daydreaming about Jennifer Johnson. He wrote stories about her in his notebook. I wonder if Sean writes erotic friend fiction like Tina Belcher but he is being friend-zoned. Before she dismisses the class, Mrs. Dobb tells them their assignment is to write a two-page story. They can pick the topic. Then she tells them, now go away. Wow, she must really hate her job to just kind of like move her hand. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen it, like when people are obviously done talking to you, they kind of like shoo them away with their hand. That's exactly what she does to her students but she could have dismissed them earlier. That's totally on her. On their way out of the classroom, Jennifer and Sean bump heads a couple of times when he knocks her books out of her hand. Billy says, smooth root move there, Romeo. What are you going to do next? Run her down with your bike? Billy and Sean go to Sean's house, which is kind of run down. Sean says to Billy, I think she likes me. To which Billy says, Bet she can't wait till you get your driver's license so you can hit her with your car. Sean just pretends to laugh and leads Billy up to his room. On the way up to Sean's room, Billy falls through the stairs and they discover a secret room that has a typewriter and articles about an author who died. Well, the author is the previous owner of the typewriter. This might, this just might be critical information for later on the story. We shall keep going and find out. Sean thinks that it must have been the guy who lived in the house before his family. Sean is excited and uses the typewriter to write his stories. Billy is not impressed and leaves to go home. Sean gets started right away on his story, which he entitles The Halloween Dance. In his story, Jennifer is a gypsy and Sean is a vampire. He can change the music with the snap of his fingers, just like Thanos. Sean and Jennifer dance the night away until he leans in to bite her and turn her into a vampire. The next day at school, Jennifer tells Sean she had a dream and then leaves. 
Sean tells Billy that that is what he wrote for his short story. Well, okay, I must have missed a chunk of stuff I meant to put into the blog, but basically Jennifer just retells the short story to Sean and tells her that's what the dream was and that he was in the dream. And that's when um, Sean tells Billy that's what he wrote. Okay, I think we're all up to speed now. Billy's not buying it. He thinks it's just a coincidence. But to test out his theory, Sean writes another story. And in it, asks Jennifer to call him when she wakes up to see if he can really write her dreams. Sean also writes a story about Billy being trapped in a graveyard with a guy named Blind Paul. In the story, Billy gets buried alive. Billy freaks out when Sean reads the story and is transported into a graveyard, but he still thinks that he was just dreaming. Then Sean has Billy read the Halloween dance with Jennifer in his room. Sean and Jennifer are transported into his story. When Billy stops reading, they are transported back into Sean's room. They realize that it is the typewriter making these stories come true and race to the school to stop Mrs. Dobbs from reading Sean's Blind Paul story. Now, side note here. While it, it would be scary to be buried alive, Blind Paul isn't like knife-gouging Paul or start a fire, Paul. He's really just blind. So what What harm could he actually pose to Billy other than, I don't know, maybe making him blind as well? Obviously, he might accidentally push him into a grave and then bury him. But apart from that, he's not really scary. He's just blind. And remember earlier when I said donuts were going to play a part in this story? Well, sit back because this is where the donuts really shine. As the kids are looking for Mrs. Dobbs, she goes to the cafeteria and helps herself to some juice and donuts. After her snack, she goes to the restroom where she is reading Sean's story and, yes, has a plate of donuts right on the floor. And that is very disgusting and unhygienic and I'm kind of grossed out now. Since Mrs. Dobbs is reading Sean's story, Billy is transported into the graveyard. Can I just say that it is gross that she is reading a student's paper while on the toilet? Not to mention... She has a plate of donuts on the floor. Later on, we see Mrs. Dobbs cycling on a stationary bike. Well, still reading the story and eating more donuts. It makes you really wonder what kind of school this is, where they would have a gym with stationary bikes for faculty use. Unless she takes her students' papers to like a 24-hour fitness and is just like, yeah, all grade papers, eat donuts, and work out at the same time. Who knows? With all the donuts being featured in this episode, you have to wonder if this was sponsored by Krispy Kreme, but since it's Canada, most likely would have been Tim Hortons, I bet. And the donuts, they do look pretty tasty. I will give the episode that. It really did make me want to eat donuts, but it featured so heavily in an episode that had to do with the typewriter. So maybe this should have been retitled The Tale of the Typewriter That Makes Your Stories Come Alive and The Tale of Our Teacher Who Won't Stop Eating Donuts for Five Minutes. That's just a thought. Anyways, Sean gets an idea and writes one final story. He writes that the stories on the typewriter never came true and the typewriter glows green, indicating that it will now just function as a normal typewriter. Billy's transported back into the classroom and they all rejoice. Just then, Mrs. Dobbs walks by the classroom and sees them. She says, can I help you? To which the kids just smile and shrug. She also takes a huge bite out of the donut thus concluding the Donut Chronicles of this episode. Although I will say we never see her actually finish the entire plate, 
just like one single donut. So who knows? I really got to wonder if she ate the bathroom donuts because that is pretty freaking gross. And that should be the tale of the unhygienic teacher. And it's with that that Gary ends the story. Betty Ann wants to ask Kiki a question about it and says, but what happened to the Kiki? That is right, Kiki got up and left, and once again, nobody noticed. These kids must be completely engrossed in the story for that to happen. Frank turns his head towards the storyteller's seat and sees a piece of paper sticking out of Kiki's typewriter. On it, she wrote, The headless warrior chased down each member of the Midnight Society one by one until they were too tired to run. Frank says, yeah, right. They all kind of laugh, but also look slightly worried. They get up one by one to leave the clearing. Also, I just noticed that Betty Ann never went to sit at her original spot next to Gary. She instead sat next to Frank. This plays on later in the series where her, Frank, and Kiki are apparently BFFs. And then they have like a really big fight. And Betty Ann has to like settle the score. Well, she doesn't really settle it, but she basically just says her side of why they were fighting and then stuff happens but we'll get to that it's season five or is it four no it's season five so we have a ways to go before we get to that episode it's also a betty ann story gary doesn't declare the meeting over but he does put out the fire no one picks up kiki's typewriter to bring it back to her so i assume it got ruined by the weather i would have thought at least one of them would have picked it up and gave it back to her the following day or week Betty Ann seems like the likely choice to do that, but she was quick to leave, probably because she actually believed the typewriter was going to make the story come alive and off all the Midnight Society members, which is kind of foolish if you ask me. She seems to be the level-headed one of the bunch, but sometimes I question them. It is now time for one of my favorite sections of this podcast, Mora's Thoughts. My first thought is I really liked this story, and I liked how the gang reacted to Kiki's request of Gary reading her story. They kind of teased him about it because they know he likes to follow the rules and nobody's asked for this before, and Gary's like, whoa, hold on there. I think this is breaking the rules. But as a true friend, he did read her story, and that was great. My second thought was actually more of an observation. I noticed the tension between Gary and Betty Ann. When she hesitates to speak to him in the beginning, I wondered why she hesitated. I mean, she looked kind of nervous pacing back and forth and ended up not even sitting next to him again. Um, maybe this was a lead up to the next season where her friend Sam joins the group and Gary and Sam have a long are they, aren't they thing with them dating. Maybe Betty Ann was secretly starting to have feelings for Gary and was going to tell him, but then chickened out. My third takeaway from this episode was I liked the concept that Kiki took with this story. 
how when an author writes it, it no longer solely belongs to that author, which is even true for me as a blogger. Once I hit publish, or in this case, once I hit record on the podcast, um, it becomes for the public. And unless I edit it, or in this case, um, edit while recording, it cannot be taken back unless I unpublished it and then I just like take down a upload. But that wouldn't make sense for me to do because it takes me a really long time to do these episodes. So why would I do that? I would hope that my audience feels engaged with these podcasts. Um, otherwise, why would they still be listening to them after all these months of not uploading anything and then uploading again? But anyways, that wraps up my thoughts for this episode. How, what did you think about the episode? Did you like it? Have you seen it? Did you like the concept of it? Let me know in the comments down below. Once again, I would like to thank you listeners for joining me on this journey of Kiki's Tale from Season 2, Episode 5, The Tale of the Dream Machine. Join me next time when we have a David tale for a very special occasion. It's Gary's birthday and that means an appearance by Sardo in David's tale, The Tale of the Dark Dragon. And also, I just realized in the last podcast, I said this episode was going to be a David tale, the tale of the hatchling. I obviously misnumbered the blogs um, when I published them because they don't appear to be in order anymore. But I'm going in order by when they first aired, slash when they appear in the campfire um, companion book, which is the book I based a lot of stuff on. And by based, I mean watching order. And to close out this episode, how about some fun facts? Fun fact number one, Joel Gordon, who played Sean's pal Billy, will return in the season four episode, The Tale of the Long Ago Locket. So we can look forward to seeing him two seasons from now. The second one, which I already pointed out, is that Gary never officially declares the meeting over. He throws the water on the campfire, but he doesn't say he declares the meeting over. So it makes you wonder, what happened? And that's it for this episode of More is Afraid of the Dark, but not really the podcast. If you want to keep up with what I'm doing on social media, you can find me on Twitter, or you can find me on Instagram. I've also recently started playthroughs of FNV games, which are kind of like choose-your-own-adventure games, on my YouTube channel. You can look for me on YouTube as well. Links to both my YouTube and my Twitter will be in the description box below. And so how do I always close out a podcast, listeners? I close it out in style. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this podcast, More is Afraid of the Dark But Not Really, Season 2, Episode 5, The Tale of the Dream Machine, closed. Until next time, listeners, I'll see you around. (laughs) 